Welcome to the Truth For Today podcast with your host, Joseph Franta, international minister, speaker, and Bible school instructor. Stay tuned for today's episode. Hello, this is Truth For Today broadcast. We're going through the series on the dynamics of prayer, and we are on part two. of this series, The Power of Prayer. And we're gonna get into this more today, and I don't know how long I'm gonna stay on this, just as long as the Lord shows me to stay on it. It's a tremendously uh, wonderful segment of this uh, series on the dynamics of prayer, and it's gonna help you, it's gonna encourage you, it's gonna inspire you, and it's gonna empower you uh, to walk with God in in a strong place in this hour. So let's get right back into where we left off last time in Ephesians chapter three, one of Paul's uh, wonderful prayers that uh, he wrote down in the book of Ephesians. And we can pray this prayer every day. And we know it's anointed because it's scripture. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for training, for correction, uh, in righteousness, that the man of God, woman of God, may be adequate, equipped for every good work. We need to be equipped today as never before. God has got all sorts of good works for us to do, for us to walk in, but you know what? We've gotta be equipped, prepared, spiritually, to walk in them. And so, in Ephesians chapter three, If you were with us last time, and if you have a Bible, open to Ephesians chapter three. I'm gonna start in verse 14 again. This is a Paul praying. This actually was written in prison. This is a prison epistle of Paul. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Now I'm gonna stop there for just a minute because you know that is extremely powerful. That Christ, the anointed one and his anointing may dwell in your heart by faith. What does that mean? Well, Jesus is at the right hand of God, so he's not gonna come down here. But he has come in the person of the Holy Spirit. And he can dwell in our hearts in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says if any man does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, The Holy Spirit has come to live in you. And you are a temple of God. And the Spirit of God lives in you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. God wants to communicate to us daily, moment by moment. And the way he does it is through his word, number one, and by his spirit on the inside of us, number two. But to activate 
the things of the Holy Spirit. Prayer is most essential. Because Paul, in Ephesians chapter 1, he said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Well, who is that spirit? None other than the Holy Spirit. He's the one who conveys the wisdom and the revelation into our heart, into our minds. God communicates with us spirit to spirit. In John chapter 24, I'm sorry, in John chapter 4, verse 24, it says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So it says God's spirit, but it says those who worship him must worship in spirit. So we must have the spirit too, because how could we worship in spirit if we didn't have the spirit? pretty clear there. So here Paul is praying another anointed prayer that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith. You know, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. But how that mind is conveyed to us is through understanding and reading the scriptures and prayer. God will speak to you through the word. The word's alive. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as, the, as far as the division of soul and spirit. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit. You know, a lot of people, and rightly so, educate their minds. We need to. But what about educating our spirit, our spirit man, our inner man? Building up the inner man, the spiritual man. How do you educate your mind? By feeding on intellectual information, so forth. How do you educate your spirit? By feeding on spiritual things, by feeding on the Word of God. That's how you educate your spirit. We have a lot of people here that have educated minds, but their spirit is not very educated when it comes to the things of God. And you need to be a whole man, a complete woman, a complete person. Paul said that the aim of their instruction was to present every man and woman complete in Christ. You know, as you build up your spirit man by feeding on the word of God and through prayer, you'll begin to understand some things that you never understood before and you'll begin to know some things that you never knew before about God. God will become very real to you. That's why Paul wrote that prayer in Ephesians 1. In fact, I'm going to turn there, uh, and I'm sure you probably have heard this before. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I don't know how you've heard it, but I'm going to, I'm going to share it with you again today. 
in Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm going to start in verse 15. This is the Apostle Paul. Wherefore also, wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints. You know, the love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. A lot of times, you know, I, and I, I don't mean to whatever, but you know, a lot of times, even Christian people are not very kind. I have to say, I've been guilty of that myself. But you know what? I've really worked at it over the years. I am not perfected in the area of love by any means. But you know what? I've come a long way from the way I was. But it says the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And you know what? If we don't know the Holy Spirit, guess what? We're going to be a, a little void and lacking of the love of God in our lives. But if we know the Holy Spirit and he's allowed to operate and flow through us every day, we're going to be full of the love of God for other people, whether they're saved or unsaved. This is important because Jesus treated everyone with respect and love. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved. He poured out his love on this world by sending Jesus to save us from our sins and to give us a new life in Christ. Now Paul in Ephesians 1 here, he says, Wherefore also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you, in other words, implied as he is given to me, may give to you, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You know, you cannot really know God without the Holy Spirit revealing him to you. One of the offices or functions of the Holy Spirit is to reveal the Father and the Son. Also, he's the teacher. He's the one that opens up the word of God to us. David even had the Holy Spirit on him, didn't have the Holy Spirit in him, but he had the Holy Spirit on him. And he said, open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. He knew that he needed help to understand the writings, the scriptures. And of course, David wrote the book of Psalms. And if you have ever read those beautiful, beautiful Psalms of David, you can see he really knew the presence of God in a major way. So now, as we 
go through here, it says that God, as a result of our asking him, our prayers, can give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I believe that includes knowing him, getting closer to him, drawing near to him. so he can draw near to us. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding. Wow, what does that mean? The eyes of your understanding, another translation says, the eyes of your heart. That's the inner man. The spiritual man. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, and really in the Greek, that word enlightened, it means illuminated, but the full meaning of it is flooded with light. Wouldn't you love to be flooded with the light of God, the light of heaven, the light of revelation from God? It says in the book of Luke that uh, about Jesus that he was a light of revelation to the Gentiles. That certainly was true, wasn't it? said the people sitting in darkness saw a great light, not a little candle. <laughs> they saw a great light. And when Paul was knocked off his horse on the road to Damascus, he says, a light brighter than the sun shone round about me. That was Jesus, who is described in the book of Luke as the sunrise from on high and also in Malachi. The light of the world. The light of the gospel. The light of life. Who enlightens every man. How much do you want to be enlightened? You know, God is infinite. His glory, His power, His nature. It's infinite. How much of it do you want? You can have all that you have. For with him is the fountain of, of life, says in the book of Psalms. For with him, God, is the fountain of life. In his light, we see light. Woo, glory to God. Get into the word of God. It's a light. It's a light to your path and a lamp to your feet. The Word of God. The entrance of God's Word brings light. Are you confused about your situation? Are you uh, overwhelmed by certain things like oppression or depression? Well, the entrance of God's Word gives light. And I don't care how great the darkness is in your life, God's light will disperse it. You could be in the deepest darkness. But when God's light begins to shine, it just disperses it all and dissolves it all, dismisses it all from your life. That's how I got free reading the Word of God after I got saved. 
I wasn't always like this, not that I've arrived by any means, I haven't. But you know what? I, 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 was, I was really in pretty tough shape when Jesus grabbed a hold of me. And he delivered me from the darkness, the deep darkness that I was in and gave me a new light, a new life, a new purpose. That's why I love the Lord. David said, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my supplications. I will call upon him as long as I live. and he will hear my voice. Isn't it good to know that when you call, he will answer? It says that in the book of Isaiah, I love it. He will call, I'm sorry, we will call and he will answer. I like knowing there's an answer on the other end of my prayers, how about you? And I want to encourage you today, there is an answer on the other end of your prayers. You may say, boy, it sure has taken long. Well, with God, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. In other words, hold on. He hasn't forgotten you. He's heard your prayers. And in his timing, he will answer them exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything you could think or ask. He's just arranging everything for his perfect timing. So trust him. Trust him. He's got you covered. He loves you more than you could ever know. More than anyone is who's ever loved you in your life. Thank God if you've had people that have loved you in your life. That's a great blessing. But I'm telling you, the love of Christ surpasses knowledge. And Jesus loves you beyond anyone, beyond anything you could ever know or experience. He died for you. He shed his blood for you, every drop of it, so that you could have life and have it abundantly to the full, till it overflows. I tell you, I got to get back on my subject. But God, God is love. He's love. He's love. And out of that love, he has the power to change your life. Out of that love, he has the grace to transform you from where you are now to where God wants you to be. It's not by might, it's not by power, willpower, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God, and his grace did not prove vain toward me, but I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. The grace of God. That, you know, Jesus is the person of grace. It's a gospel of grace, not works, grace. 
And Jesus is the person of grace. It says, and through him we have all received, and grace upon grace. It will never end. It's an endless supply of grace for your life, in your good times, in your bad times, in your down times, in your up times. It's an endless supply of grace. God's goodness, his ability, his power, his grace, undeserved, unmerited favor. Visiting your life daily. It is a great salvation. Whew, I got to get through this. Hold on. This is Paul. We're back in Ephesians 1 now. I got to get through this. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, Ephesians 1, 16, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know three things, that you may know what is the hope of his calling or choosing you, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. God wants you to know what's yours in Christ. And faith takes possession of what grace makes available. Grace has made salvation available, his wonderful life, and grace has made an inheritance available. But you have to walk by faith. And, about, and it says, faith takes possession of what grace makes available. You gotta possess it by faith what God's given you by grace. They're really the power twins, grace and faith. They work together. You can't have one without another. The eyes of your understanding be in, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, that's number one, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That's exceeding riches of his glory. Incredible wealth, spiritually, that pours over into the natural. And number three, that he wants you to know, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power, of his power, of his power toward us who believe. What is the exceeding greatness? Another translation says, what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? And then he describes what this kind of power will do for us. He likens it to the same power that raised Christ from the dead. According to the working of his mighty power, there's power again, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That kind of power can be unleashed in your life. 
and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet. That implies to us as well. Because we have been united with him through his death, burial, and resurrection. The Bible says, if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Romans chapter 6. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Does that sound like the church is helpless and weak and feeble? No, the church is the most powerful entity on the face of the earth. We've been raised up with him and seated with him in heavenly places in Christ far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the one to come. And he has put all things in subjection under his feet. Are we the body? Does the body have feet? And he has put all things in subjection under his feet. That means under us. And has given him his head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Does that sound like we're powerless and we're just you know, barely surviving, barely getting along down here until Jesus returns? Oh no. We are a powerful church, a triumphant church, an overcoming church. But it's not by the works of the flesh. It's not by intellectual comprehension. The Bible says it's, it's by his spirit that we rule and reign with Christ in this life. It says much more, those who receive the abundance of grace, you know it's an abundance of grace. Romans 5.17, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. You don't have to be under it. You can be over it. You can reign in this life through Jesus Christ. Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, and righteousness is a gift that comes through faith, will reign in life, this life, not, not necessarily, we're not talking about the next life, we for sure will reign there with Jesus, but we're talking about will reign in this life through the one, Jesus Christ. You know, John said the same thing really in 1 John four seventeen. It says, as he is, so also are we in this world. Does that sound like we're beaten down? We're uh, sheep, you know, uh, you know, that 
are just going to be slaughtered and taken advantage of all the time? No. We are sheep, thank God. We belong to the shepherd, thank God. But the shepherd is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And the Bible says in the book of Revelation that he has made us to be kings and priests unto his God. He has made us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. That's in the Bible too. It says that we're blessed going out and we're blessed coming in. And in fact, if you want to amplify that a little bit, it says that we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. That's in Ephesians 1.3. That he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Why has he blessed us? Because he loves us, because we're his children, and also God blesses us so we can be a blessing. It's not all about, you know, a bless me club. No, we want, we want to receive the blessings of God and walk in the blessings so we can be a blessing. That's what it's all about. Thank you for being with me again today. These are important podcasts about the power of prayer. Prayer produces power in your life. It's not by might, nor by power, you know, the power of man's will, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God wants you to know the Holy Spirit. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Not will be, we are now the children of God. I want to pray for you today. Lord, whoever is listening to this podcast today on the power of prayer, Lord, I pray right now for your presence and your spirit to be with them today in a mighty way. I pray for your grace to be upon them in a mighty way today. I pray for divine protection for their life. I pray for increase in every area of their life. And I pray, Lord, that as they realize how you have blessed them, that they will be a blessing to others today. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next time.